0: Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things scream free. My name is John Allen Turner, and he is Hal Edward Runkel. Hal, how Yo. are you today? I am doing really, really well today. Yeah, wh- why great. really, really well today?
1: Well, because I, last night I went to dinner with my wife of
0: precisely 20 years. Last night was the big night, yes. 20 years. We celebrated big time
1: with Italy. Right, right, yeah, yeah, of course. And that was our real celebration. So, you know, it was kind of anticlimactic, but we went to dinner to an Italian restaurant and ordered some of the same foods that we oh, had. Oh, nice. And it was cute. And it was okay. Cool. But it was just, it was very, very cool because,
0: first of all, thank you for not referring to her as your bride. You hate that. I loathe it. <laughs> Why do you hate that so much? <laughs> because here's, here's my whole theory about uh-huh. it <clears throat> She's a bride one day. Really? Yes. Okay. Technically, words matter. You're the big, you know, There aren't. there's no such thing as semantics that are words I, matter, I right? Agree. You're the big proponent of that. Yes. So words matter. Words mean what they mean. You are a bride for one day. Really? Yes. Okay. And then you are a wife. Mm. And it, and a lot of times I think we fix our wives oh, like as an brides idea. and we idealize them. Pedestalize, yes. as we've said. Pedestalize, on- <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Does she ever refer to you as her groom? That's not a two way street. No, see, I think guys do that because it makes them feel I don't know, hyper spiritual or you noble. know like they're uh, you know overly romantic or something they're like that. Noble, but I, yes, noble. But yeah. I I think there's more to it than that. I think there's some baggage associated there, sure. and we have idealized and fixed our wives as brides, and then we don't have to deal with them as as wives. Mm. There's my little wow. soapbox for the day. We jumped right wow. in, didn't we? You're
1: putting a lot on that term. Uh, you, know, you know, this wasn't I, even. I do a lot. Yeah, love with terms. See? right? I do, but I did not call her my bride.
0: No, you did not. You called her your wife. She's which my is good.
1: wife of
0: 20, 20,
1: 20 years. years, two decades. Yes, which is significant for us because it means that we've made it longer than either one of our parents did. Wow, and that. It, hmm. One of the big things we've talked about, and this is through our own therapy journeys sure. in this long 20 years together, even going back, I mean, we've known each other 25 years now, uh, is, you know, we both came from fairly dysfunctional families.
0: Right. And we've talked some about that. Yeah. We haven't gone into great detail, but Just yeah.
1: Both had scandalous divorces in, mm-hmm. our, in our families that kind of really wrecked our childhoods, and. And one of the things we kind of were aware of from the very beginning was that we're going to have to break some cycles.
0: And create a new normal. Yes. Yeah.
1: And that is, you know, incredibly difficult. Yes. Yes. That's what I do for a living. It's probably not accidental that's what I do for a living, is try to help other people do that. Hmm. But I can't help other people do that with a straight face if I'm not able to do it myself, Sure. which is why I go to therapy, which is why Jenny and I have gone to therapy and marriage retreats. And,
0: well, and you and I have both said in here, you'll never find a, 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 you know, a minister or a therapist who had a great, a childhood. great
1: childhood. No, yeah, because we're just born, uh, or now we grow up with this couple of things. One is this sense of, I want to help yeah. Because we feel helpless as kids, but yet a lot of times we also have a sign around our neck, like Lucy, saying, mm-hmm. talk to me for five cents. Yeah, because people, I've
0: been there and done that. and People talk
1: to us. Yeah. People always just come up, talk to, talk to us. Now, so when, for us to make it this far, and for her you know, to write uh, a card that says, um, honestly, I'm more in love with you than I ever have been at 20 years, and I feel the same way, that's just... It's rare. We we know we're breathing rare air. We yeah. know we are unbelievably fortunate. Now, it, it's a weird thing, because do I want to take some credit for the work that we've done to get here? Of course. Well, yeah. But also, uh, there is a, uh, just some fortune But
0: involved. there's mystery. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There's just how we found each other, how I've never dated anybody else, how I've never fallen for anybody else, how... It's how we yeah.
0: It's one of those kind of sliding doors things that if, exactly. if two you know if one thing happens differently then you're you, you don't even meet. We never meet. Yeah, which is that term uh, that I think I introduced to you a
1: while ago called propinquity.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. The likelihood that you'll actually connect with somebody is the propinquity, and and it was just so each of us got our parents got divorced at the same age.
0: So you're both going through similar and crises. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know, we were both around twelve or eleven when all mm-hmm. that stuff was happening. We didn't meet each other till we were sixteen. But you had that in the toolbox, as it were. We went to a huge, huge junior high and high school, but we had a class together in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, ninth grade tenth grade. Never met, even though
0: we were in a class together. You kept bumping into each other, though. You're so, never. You're met. an extra in her life. Well, you know?
1: I I knew of her. She knew barely of me. Mm. She was running in a little more popular circles. Oh, I see. I I see. Okay. Yes. So, but
0: we never met till uh, junior year. You mean the Rush listening Dungeons and Dragons playing crowd was not the popular group?
1: (laughs) You need to get over (laughs) your stereotyping of Rush fans. Okay, all right. I did yeah. not play Dungeons and Dragons. I made fun of those people. Oh okay. I like Star Wars, not Star Trek. I Oop. was not a nerd. You were not a nerd. No. You were
0: you were just a rush fan.
1: And a Led Zeppelin fan. And a Pink okay. Floyd all right. fan. Okay. I was a fan of seventies rock. Seventies. Yes. Okay. And a and then a Beatles fan, a huge Beatles fan. Were you a, were
0: you a Beatles fan in middle school? No. Okay. I became
1: well here is a funny story. Okay. You and I both, uh, well, have experience with sisters. Yes. Right? We yeah. both have older, older sisters. Older sisters, and mine's much older. Mine's four and a half years older. And that, that, mine
0: is almost five years oh, older. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: The same thing. And so that. She means, just looks younger than I am. She does. Yeah. Yeah. She's not covered with silver hair. That's true. You have silver hair.
0: Of course. And she's like four and a half feet tall, which. <laughs>
1: So is my sister. (laughs) Literally five foot and a half. Uh, I I I think think.
0: Sander may be five foot two. Okay. Okay.
1: Towers over my sister. (laughs) But she's a giant. But one of the cool things about that was the introduction to music earlier than my friends were introduced. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up in the 70s, having an older sister who was bringing home, and I remember she brought home... Oh gosh! Well, she brought home Rush, right? She brought home yeah. moving pictures. Yeah, moving pictures yes. was the first yeah, one that
0: album. I remember Sandra having, and she had a Led Zeppelin record, yep. and um, but my, she had the the, uh, some Queen, like yes. the game had the had
1: Queen, yes, because everyone and
0: Michael Jackson.
1: Uh, well, absolutely introduced you know? me. She yeah. she brought in my favorite Michael Jackson album, which is not Thriller.
0: Is, the, is off the wall. Oh, off the wall. Yeah. 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 I love that album. And my sister, one year for Christmas, uh, different relatives gave her copies of that album. And oh, so she had, she had two. Multiple. So she gave me one. Ah.
1: Yeah. And I remember.
0: I wore that thing out.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Rock With You is a great song. And also, she introduced me to movies.
0: Like. um... Well,. Caddyshack and yeah, Fletch some, some and some, some of R-rated those rated some movies. of those movies that we've Animal talked House. about that that uh, you you got all your fun lines from
1: yes yeah uh, Fletch was later but Caddyshack and Animal House yeah. but she also took me to see in the theater this is going to connect with the Beatles comment mm-hmm. the movie. Starring the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. Oh, I remember because my sister took Sergeant me as well. Yeah, Pepper, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely, Lonely Hearts Heart Club Band. Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Peter Frampton and Earth, Wind, and Fire doing and "Got to Get Jean You Into My Life" and Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly I was part of that, and then that. Gene yeah.
1: Kelly was also in Xanadu, which also yep. came out at the same time. Yep. So, anyways, uh, that was my first introduction to the Beatles. Was hearing it. Was through, hearing the through Bee Gees. Okay, and
0: Andy Git. And no, it was no, Peter Frampton. Frampton. Yeah, 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 he played the fourth.
1: Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, Years later, had a buddy in high school who kept talking about the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles, and then he started playing me. And
0: and I, you knew the song. I knew the songs. Yeah. So I didn't realize
1: it was the Beatles. So no, it, I was not a Beatles fan until like junior year in high school. Okay, and, and then. And that's when I had my eyes
0: opened. <laughs> the scales He's fell lit. from his yeah, eyes. I became and had... a
1: lifelong Beatles fan, and will ever, forever say they're the greatest band of all time.
0: But yeah, that's a whole other conversation because there's I no, think no, there's, there's there's no longevity plays a factor there's, into that. So, and if you factor longevity, and you've got to go, you got to take the Stones and you two as part of the conversation. You're an idiot. Oh,
1: I have said before I will take you two as a close second, but uh, the Beatles. The longevity is not how yeah. long they stayed together. It's how long their music remains incredibly good and relevant.
0: You think? Is that it? That's it. Okay. And, right. pe-
1: and there's not a band alive who doesn't credit the Beatles.
0: I agree. I, I totally agree with that. I just think it was a short period of time. Now, it was an incredibly productive period well, of time. Well, that's the most
1: amazing thing, is thinking about, But and this is what makes me feel horrible as a writer. <laughs>
0: is They did all of their work in, in between your two books.
1: Yeah, in eight years. Wow. They had 13 albums in eight years. You know, think about it, bands now come out with an album every three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I come out with a book every five years. I, Do you? Yeah, I've got two in nine years.
0: Okay, okay. Right. Two in nine I years. I
1: really got to finish this one. I'm you right got yeah, to, yeah. Keep you, you, up with yeah. this. One. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to feel awful the rest of the day. Hey,
0: <laughs> I am feeling pretty good uh, today as well because we got the kids off. To, to their school. first day of school today. Yes. Yeah, your your kids don't start until Monday. Monday, yeah, a few a few days later. Now the wife has already started, right? Yeah, she's back at school. Yeah, because she's a teacher, so she's like in planning sessions and all of that Meeting, kind of meetings, stuff. Meetings, meetings, meetings. yes. Blah blah blah. Yes. But your kids start Monday, so
1: they are furiously back in school already, trying to do the summer reading, the summer reading that they put
0: to- off until the very end, and yes. the summer
1: math work. Yes, and now they're furiously working on that.
0: Now, uh, first day of school creates a fair amount of anxiety absolutely in parents, parents. Yes. not necessarily in kids, but we project that onto our kids, right? Oh, of course. Oh, she's really nervous about school starting mm-hmm. back. Oh, he's mm-hmm. really scared because he's making the transition right. into middle school or yeah, whatever. And really, it's you, right? So I mean, it's totally you.
1: That's like separation anxiety. Only reverse. Yeah, it doesn't exist in the kids. <laughs> separation anxiety <laughs> is reflected in it's, the kids.
0: Yeah. So, um for all of those anxious parents who are sitting around the house lamenting the fact that it is so quiet yes even though the fact is that they were you know complaining about the noise complaining about the noise 2, two weeks prior. ago so they're sitting around the house and it's so quiet and and the, the kids are so nervous and all of that kind of stuff well like it never works to just say calm down yeah in fact, that that tends to have the opposite effect.
1: Well, of course, because here's what you're saying. When you're telling another person to calm down, what you're doing is saying, I need you to calm down. <laughs> which means I need you to calm me down by you calming down.
0: Is it okay to say, I really would like you more if you would calm down? Well,
1: my wife has said that on many occasions. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say that last <laughs> night, did she? <laughs> uh. Many, many an occasion. I would like you more.
0: You would be a more tolerable person to be around. Or you are a more tolerable person. When you calm down.
1: So when we're saying to another person, calm down, we're saying, I need you to calm down. To calm down. As opposed to saying, "Man, Is that what they're hearing? Yes. Okay. That's what's getting communicated. Okay. As opposed to, well, you are really worked up about this. Yeah. Tell me more about that.
0: But I don't want to hear more about that. Okay. I don't... (laughs) You want if them. I could just be honest, I don't, I don't, I know. I know you're, you're worried because they're going to middle school or whatever. And, and them growing up means you're growing old. That's what we've said you're that a, over and over again. You're a
1: terrible therapist. I you're would, a, you're I, a th- this is why, I, yeah.
0: <laughs> I just want them to leave me alone. I don't want to get to the, I don't want to, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get to the, I know already. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You're an anxious mess. You uh-huh. need to calm down. <laughs> which means I need you to calm down because I can't handle being with you.
1: Because think about it. If your kid is really, really anxious, you can say, hey, calm the freak down. right? <laughs> or you can say something like I said earlier, well, you're really worked up. And in five minutes, they will be calm.
0: But see, that's my kid. Yeah. And, and I, I'm already invested in my kid. Oh, so and you're I, talking about other parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know, there's, that, uh, there's an article going around right now, um, a Huffington Post yeah blog where a guy said, this is my new parenting method. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, it's calm, calm, calm the freak F down, calm, yeah. Calm the freak down, right? you know. Obviously, we've been saying something similar for a long time about it, Scream Free, yes, but exactly. when I'm talking with parents, and you talk with parents, uh, obviously, uh, yeah. right, the only way to help somebody be calm is to be first be calm about mm, them yeah. not being calm. But that's hard. It's unbelievably hard. It's it's why it's hard to do it with kids. Yeah. Because what I want you to do is calm down.
0: Why can't you calm down?
1: And that's the irony of it. Not realizing that, you know what, I can't lead them to a place that I'm not willing to go.
0: Right. So I have to first do it myself,
1: and model it for them. So I think of it like this. It's okay. When I'm saying to calm down, I'm saying go to another place (laughs) that you're not in right now.
0: Try something. What you're doing right now, do something else. Yes.
1: But I can tell them to go to another place either from the place they're in now, which is just as anxious, or the place where I want them to go. And the best
0: way to do it is to go there yourself and then invite them to join you. Invite
1: them to cross the bridge.
0: Yeah. Hey, why don't you join me over here in Calmland? And you do that... Scream-free world. Right. By
1: being scream-free, not by actually explicitly saying. You get that by two things. And this is what we tell our trained leaders when we do Mm -hmm. our trainings. We train other counselors, right? Is there are two things that are going to help you become incredibly effective and last as a person of influence. Self-restraint and curiosity. Mm. When you exhibit those two qualities, like I'm not going to tell you what you need to do, that's my self-restraint, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to calm myself.
0: But I, I'm going to ask you, be, hey, you seem very yeah, worked up on? over this. What's, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. That's the curiosity. Exactly. And it has to come
1: from a place of curiosity. You cannot come across as a lawyer doing a leading question because I want right. you to confess right. so I can pounce on you. So many times that's what happens in marriages.
0: Yeah, yeah, hey, what's going on? I'm, you seem a little...
1: I'm concerned about you.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: gosh, my wife hates it when I say that. Because she'll say, no, you're not concerned, right? You're ticked off, but afraid to <laughs> say it, right? You want me to do something different, but you're afraid to say it. You're trying to hide behind that therapy boy crap. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: so a little peek behind the veil yeah, of exactly. what goes on after 20 years. Yes,
1: and so I have to get to a place of genuine... Oh, this is really bothering you,
0: huh? Tell me more about that. And that, you know, push that self-restraint to keep from pouncing or guiding that conversation or or getting trying to manipulate them into saying what you want them to say.
1: And the worst is then diagnosing them.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, your problem is is. this. And And if you would just stop doing this and do more of those things, then that would probably go away. Right.
1: Not realizing you're self-diagnosing when you do that because your problem is telling what other people what they need to do. Sure. Which, but if I can get
0: them on the defensive, then they won't ever. They'll never come up mm, with that. Here's the, when every,
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. When anybody is, whenever you're experiencing someone being really defensive, just know it's because you have offended. You are being offensive. Yeah. Exactly. You're ex- you're doing too much.
0: So now it's uh, it's a first day of school. Yes. And uh, have you been on the Facebook today? No, today not, and yesterday. Not, not today. Uh, Just an endless stream I, of pictures of, uh, pictures of first day of school. Okay, pictures. Okay,
1: I, I think I, I saw yeah uh, yesterday.
0: Yeah, you I mean, saw some yeah, of those. They're, they're everywhere, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. First day of school. Now, uh, two things about that. First thing, I see a lot of people saying it's our first day. Oh, of course, middle school. of course. Now, I, I get that a little bit, right? Because I am now part of this middle school community. Yes. You know, I have two kids in middle school. My oldest is in 8th grade, my young or my middle one is in 7th grade. So, I am part of the middle school family. I fill out all the paperwork and I know everything that's going on at the middle school. So, it does to some extent feel like I am part of the middle school now. Yes. But yeah, uh, yeah. there's the other side
1: of that, right? Well, it's like when my wife as a teacher, she teaches seniors. Right. Right. And she will tonight. Seniors in high school, not in high elderly school. people. Yes. Okay. She teaches seniors in high school. And tonight they have the kind of get together day, preschool get together day, where.
0: Does Bill Burton still get up and say, it's a great day to be a Spartan? No. Well,
1: yeah, he does do that. Yeah, okay. He does do that. And then other people say that. Okay. And yes, that's right. You went to the school where my wife teaches at. I did. Right, uh, but they, it was in a barn or something, right? <laughs> when the Earth was still cooling, exactly.
0: we we all were in one room together.
1: Abe Lincoln was a classmate. <laughs> I
0: that's right. He owes that's, me money. You know, <laughs> that's the silver hair thing again. And yet, money. Bill Burton looked exactly the same as he does now.
1: That's mm-hmm. well, because he's a robot.
0: <laughs> I've often wondered about that. The he way he smooths age. his tie down and shakes.
1: Yeah, he's doesn't remarkable. Age. So she will have. Parents come to her tonight because she teaches AP English. Okay, so the top students right. are taking AP English. She is a very difficult teacher. In fact, she won Educator of the Year last year. At Congratulations her to Jenny Runkle. But she will have parents come
0: to. Okay, well, we're really hoping to get an A in your class this year. Well, no, you, you don't get the way. A. Your 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 child gets it's, the A. Your teenager gets it. it the takes a.
1: her it takes her back. It takes her back every time she hears it. Cause it's still, wow. no.
0: yeah. We're so, are you going to be doing the work? <laughs> are you going <laughs> to? Well, in fact, do I need an extra chair? Where yeah. you know, for that's you, that's what
1: she wants to say, but she's got to be diplomatic because she teaches uh, us at a private school. Oh, okay, because yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: at a private school, you don't have tenure, <laughs> yes, and also <laughs> you're not protected by the union,
1: and they're not just students, they're customers.
0: Oh, yeah, because yeah, they're different. paying, it's a different environment, yeah,
1: higher expectations. But yeah. at the same time, though, they will learn very, very clearly that she can spot parental over-involvement. Yeah. She yeah. can smell it just as much as she can smell me being therapy boy.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. She's got a, a very acute sense of smell. Radar, apparently. yes. Yeah.
1: She actually does have a sense of smell. It's the really? most interesting issues. It's the mom smell
0: thing. Yeah. Marriage. So, uh, on the Facebook, there are all these pictures of <laughs> the... Are you okay over there? <laughs> you all right? Did the, did the coffee go down the wrong way?
1: I'm not supposed to inhale it. No, no,
0: no, no. Okay. <laughs> How <gasps> you need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> so, on Facebook, there is just an endless stream of uh, pictures of kids yes. going back to school. Yes. Now, there is an app. I read about it in the Time magazine. That's great. There is an app yes. that that allows people to block the pictures of oh, other people's kids. That. Yes. Yeah, so they can yeah.
1: block out any progeny. Yeah, no so no messages about
0: any kids. So so messages like Facebook status yes. updates anything it's very about pop, a kid. yeah
1: it's very popular with the childless right people, right who don't have kids or have chosen not to have kids
0: right. and it's uh, and so uh, our pictures of kids is sort of a constant reminder to them and for some people that's a very sensitive oh, subject absolutely. yeah I, we have some friends who have struggled with childlessness infertility and infertility and... issues and and things like that and it's a it's a burden Absolutely. for them because and you're
1: surrounded by it and everybody thinks something's wrong with you as a right. couple and that's the weird family on the street that doesn't have kids the weird family yeah, yeah we yeah. had one of those growing up and that's what we called them the weird family they're on the, the street with no family. kids so they didn't celebrate halloween and well, uh. you couldn't go to their house cuz they're the weird family they <laughs> have kids do they
0: they didn't celebrate halloween no were they like religiously opposed to it or just because they didn't have kids they were like meh? she was a curmudgeon so if you went to their house for Halloween, what would they do? No, the lights, Just look at you? the lights
1: were out, they wouldn't answer the door. They'd I wouldn't close, answer the they door. they in. just leave. Yeah, I think they left.
0: Go away for the night.
1: Right. I mean, everything was dark.
0: I remember the first time I was living on my own, mm. and I was unprepared for Halloween.
1: Mm, that's an interesting moment.
0: Yeah. And somebody rings a doorbell 4.30 in the afternoon, and there's a kid standing there, and you're like, um, I think I have some cough drops in the bathroom. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Here's an apple. Watch yeah. out for the razor blade.
0: You don't, you don't want to be the apple guy. So <laughs> exactly. you're, you're hunting through. Exactly. Like here, here's a bottle of Hershey's syrup in, from the refrigerator. I have some jelly. Here's <laughs> take some, some jelly. Jam. <laughs> I don't because you, you don't want to be the apple guy. Peach but jam. So, uh, so, so there are some people for whom not having kids is a is is a difficult, absolutely thing. But more and more,
1: there's people who do it. Because, you know what? It's a I'm, choice. I'm choosing not to do it, now, which is obviously their prerogative. And obviously.
0: Now um Now, I, I think, and, and I think you would agree, that um, uh, having children in your house does something. It shapes you in a way no other thing ever will.
1: Oh, absolutely. It absolutely shapes you. It changes you forever. Now, here's the thing. Some of the most amazing people in history... Have been
0: childless. Okay. Mother
1: Mother Teresa.
0: Jesus. Jesus. Had no children, right?
1: right? Uh, Some of the most amazing people who've done amazing things. So I don't want to ever come across as...
0: You're incomplete if you don't have children. That sort of goes against everything else we teach at Scream Free, that you are an individual, you are a complete person, whether you are single or married or childless or have a quiver full. Right.
1: And people that's saying that if you're choo- uh, choosing to be childish, that means you're selfish. Uh I've met plenty of selfish
0: parents. Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not the that's not where the bar is set.
1: No, selfishness comes in all forms of family dynamics.
0: And I've always thought parenting should be viewed more almost like a calling. Yeah. Because I, th- there are some people uh I think who shouldn't get married.
1: Oh, I agree with that.
0: And, and there are some people who probably shouldn't have kids.
1: I agree with that. Absolutely. And there are people that I hope don't have kids.
0: <laughs> but it is, in our society, sort of what we expect from people. It's what you do next.
1: Well, I mean, You just, go to
0: college, you get a job, you get married, you, you buy a house, you, get, you have kids. That's what, a, that's what comes next. It's a biological thing. And you know, there are also, it's not just biological, it's, it's soci- also sociological, because you got all these people now looking at you. You've got absolutely. grandparents who are staring over your shoulder, or not grandparents, but people who are waiting to be grandparents. Of when course, are you going to give me my of grandkids course, right? that I've earned?
1: And now we're learning, in this Time Magazine article that you referred to, talks about how that the birth rate among Western nations is lower than it's ever been.
0: Perilously low, in terms of just replacing well, ourselves.
1: Exactly. And yet there are countries that have been labeled enemies of ours, for instance. And
0: they are having kids left at and right. Yeah.
1: Four times the rate. Exactly. Three and a half times rate, something like that, uh, as the US. Right, which you multiply that over decades and what's the effect? So some people say it's a calling. Some people say it is a patriotic duty, right? <laughs> like the British, to, right? Yeah, to yeah. replenish yourself, right? Some people believe it is a spiritual duty, and some people, you know, it's, a, it's that you, an individual duty that you are incomplete if you do not do
0: it. Now, what, what would the scream-free approach to this whole conversation be?
1: Well, ultimately it would be if you're choosing to be childish childless. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, see a little Freudian yeah. slip thank there. You, thank
1: you. If you're choosing to be childless or if you're choosing to have children. Where's that coming from? Is it coming from a place of reactivity or is it coming from a place of responsibility as in this is my chosen authentic response. To because this you
0: see, I, I, you know, a lot of my family and this now we're getting into sort of you know peek behind the curtain in my family of origin. Yes. Um uh, everyone on my mother's side is Mexican. Right. right? So my mother's first generation Mexican-American. And uh, many people in that community, young women in particular, want to have a baby like early. early right. right, and, uh, and, and many of the people I know in that community experience that. And a lot of my cousins, you yes. know, having, having children when they're still children. 16 17 Yeah, 18, exactly, yes. you know. And uh and and man, as soon as the baby is born, you get the ears pierced and the fingernails done oh, and the yeah. whole thing, you know. Yeah. And uh and they feel incomplete. They want somebody to love, right? Right? And so that would be having children with, from an unhealthy impulse. I agree.
1: Uh, And I've worked with, uh, I used to do a lot of work with a teenage pregnancy prevention place that also had homes for teenage women, and mm -hmm. we'd go in and talk to them about parenting who already had kids, but the quotes from these women, and it spanned all different races, the one thing that unified them more than race was socioeconomic conditions. Exactly. Right. But they would literally talk about how they felt empty inside until they literally had something living Yeah. So the first time, they literally felt alive inside. Now, the one thing that did seem to also unify them was they didn't have good relationships with their fathers, Mm. Mm. which has been tied to teenage pregnancy. You don't have good relationship with your father, so you do feel empty Empty inside. inside. That women need strong fathers to speak life into them. Mm. I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I do too. And so... But you can choose to have a child selfishly, or you can choose to not have a child selfishly. But you can raise them selfishly. Yeah, which is
0: which is almost what the norm. most. Yeah, I mean that's normal.
1: I mean, and it's something we're fighting against. Something I have to fight. But
0: against. And, and then we feel compelled to. Uh, you know, there's a, a meme going around on Facebook right now too about how um, children shouldn't have to sacrifice so that. You can have the life you want. Right. You make the sacrifices necessary so your child has the life they deserve. Right. That's kind of the meme. And it's usually a picture of a sad child, Uh, you know. And we present this as as an either or. Exactly. Either you're going to get what you want or they're going to get what what they want. And you're the grown up, so you're going to just have to suck it up and let your life be terrible and miserable and horrible and awful for the next 18 or 20 or 25 or 30, or life. if you're in Italy, for the next 40 yeah, years, yeah. right? Uh, and that's just the way it's going to be. So I, I think we, uh, when we talk about raising children selfishly, it sounds as if— you know, a lot of people's minds automatically go to that disconnected, distant. I'm abandoning dad. them. Yeah.
1: I never. I'm not there. So that I can I... have
0: the life that I want, and they're going to raise themselves or something like that. But it could also be that selfish parenting looks the exact opposite of that. Looks like those parents coming into Jenny's classroom.
1: Absolutely. It's, and I think that's far more prevalent. One of the mm. things we've talked about a lot through Scream Free is this idea that you know what. Narcissism is not focusing on yourself so that you can be at your best when you parent your kid.
0: That's not narcissism.
1: Narcissism is raising your kid in such a way that it helps them and others look at you as a good parent. Narcissism hmm. is not focusing right. on yourself; it's getting other people to focus on you. Okay. So I need my kid to shine, right? Because of the way because they, it
0: reflects poorly on me if, if you don't. don't,
1: and it reflects <laughs> wonderfully on me, and that's why we love the term "proud of you." I'm so, I'm proud, so proud of you. Of you. you know, we don't say "I'm proud of you" when you make a terrible decision that ends up getting your phone dropped in the pool.
0: No, even though you may have learned a valuable life lesson there.
1: Not proud of you when you strike out. But man, you hit a home run, oh, I'm so proud. You get an A, I'm so proud. You get a compliment from a teacher, I'm so proud. But you know what? You get pulled into the teacher's office, I'm not proud. Which, I mean, think about it. What we're saying is, I'm proud, meaning I'm willing to boast in front of the world that this is my progeny.
0: That's right. Look at that. Huh? Did you produce something like this? No, you did not. Only I did.
1: Exactly. But if you strike out, eh, how about you stand over there? Yeah. <laughs> walk, walk to the car after I get there,
0: please. Let's now create a little distance. Speaking of all of this, you, your uh, your son is uh, trying out for a travel team, right? Is yes, that right? Yes, yeah. And that's that's another part of the whole oh, back the to sports. school thing. Oh, yeah. is the back to sports? No, oh,
1: sure. Stuff. You know, you're starting tryouts early for the travel baseball, and you're starting. But kids are or already football doing teams. football team. Yeah, two, two, been two a for, days. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. right. You know, and they're doing it earlier and earlier, you know? and.
0: And they're having to make rules about how much you can and how much you can't and when you can start and when you can't start. And so at midnight, you know, at 12.01, yeah, people having are having these programs. Yeah,
1: And because it, it all goes to this selfishness thing, it's unfortunately, because you take a great thing. I think sports in and of itself is a great thing. Sure. Right? I think
0: baseball is the best of all of them. Yeah. I'm a little bit biased. but I. You are. But one of the things that baseball teaches you is that, it's, that you can personally fail and help your team succeed. And that—that's a positive thing
1: because it's a whole thing. You're part of a team, exactly. Yes, yes. and you can actually choose to sacrifice your at bat mm-hmm. with a bunt, right? So you get yep. out, but it helps. But the team it helps the
0: team. Win. It advanced the runner. It scored a run or sure. did whatever. And so that's so you can fail and succeed simultaneously, which I think is one of the greatest life lessons you can ever learn. That's great. Everybody should play baseball. No, I agree, but not everybody should play travel
1: team. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> and, and, I've been coaching it for several years, and yeah, just the this whole idea that I can parent in a way that I get the reflected glory, you know. Yeah, I mean, watch the Little League World Series. No, no. I don't. I, I refuse to watch the Little League
0: World Series because it always comes down to the close up of some twelve year old kid's Ac- face, faced kid bawling his eyes oh, out, no. and I think, what are we doing to that kid?
1: Well, and and the worst part for me is the dad yeah. in the stands who, I mean, every year. I already saw it this year. Well, yeah, I quit my job because this thing took over, and so now we've been following them across the country. And I'm like, you're insane.
0: Quit your job. You, you
1: quit your job so for that your you... 12-year-old? Oh, man. You know how many 12-year-old Little League World Series winners end up in the majors? Like? There's like five. Five, yes. Seriously. In the history, <laughs> right? Then, there's, a,
0: there's a great 30 for 30. Um, on ESPN, ESPN movie of the the kids from Washington. Mm. Remember who won the yes. the thing back in the 80s. Everybody was fixated right. on them and where they are now and how they like that they had that giant kid who was a pitcher and right. he, uh, you know and he's a nice guy but he he basically said it ruined his life. He couldn't he was 12 and he couldn't go to the mall. Wow. You know, everybody's lined up looking for his autograph and everything and of course like happens a lot it turned out he was an early bloomer
1: and who, he was out of baseball by 15 I'm y- sure or something Yeah like that.
0: he because he wasn't the gap between his ability and everybody else's ability closed and so even when he was you know 15 16 17 years old he was better than everybody but he wasn't that much better than right. everybody you know and he wasn't Invincible anymore. And so he couldn't live up to the expectations because he's not batting a thousand and he's not right. hitting a home run every single time he's up at the plate and right. he's not striking everybody what out. What happened to him? He's, Man. you know, he works in like an auto parts what shop or something to like the that kid? now. Yeah. yeah. And now what everybody's like, next? well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The bloom is off the rose, as it were. It's amazing. Yeah. But we set our kids up, like we talked about. I mean, we pedestalize them. Sure. But we do so it I so see. that we can knock them off. Right. I
1: see it with academics. It's kind of a perverse thing. It is. It uh, I see it with academics, I see it with athletics and it still comes down to this fundamental thing of what's the place within me that is leading me to parent? What is the place? What, is it is it am I doing it from a deficit?
0: Parenting from a deficit is always a it's just a recipe for I need you
1: to make up for the holes in my life, in my experience. I need you to do it better than I do. And we say it. I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did, right? I want you to have better opportunities than me. If you're parenting from a deficit, then you're looking for your kids to make up for your, what you lack. Right. And that is asking them to do far, far too much. And I find myself struggling with this. Sure. Don't we all? It is so difficult.
0: When I was in this grade, that's when I sort of went down a bad path, and I want to make sure that you don't do that because I feel like I wasted a couple of years. I have and said so- this
1: before. I wish I had had myself as a father. I wish I had had the opportunities that I've provided my yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. And think, okay, that's kind of okay. No, wait. That's what a wrong. weird narcissistic Jeez. thing that exactly. is to say. Yeah, exactly. Just.
0: I wish I was you know. my own dad.
1: So I'm. I'm really still struggling from that place of insecurity, Mm. right? I want to try to get to the place where I'm parenting from a surplus.
0: Right. Right.
1: Where I'm spilling over. The life that I'm leading is filling me up so much that I want to share it and and share of my blessings and love. And that sounds all sweet and
0: rosy. But it's true. I I want to be uh, a complete, whole whole person. And from that position of... Sufficiency or even abundance—that makes that's the position from which I want to parent. If I'm parenting from a deficit, then I'm I'm constantly going to need my kids to do something for me that I can't do for myself. Right, and that uh, it begins to affect kids very early on because somehow or other it becomes part of their job description. To yeah. keep Dad calm, right? Because Dad can't keep himself calm.
1: Like we said earlier, I'm telling him to calm down, saying I need you to calm down because I can't calm myself down while you're not calm.
0: And kids are simply not equipped to handle that kind of freight.
1: This is depressing me. <laughs> I seriously need to go see my therapist. I'm I'm wrestling with that because I'm seeing how I've been doing this. Oh you know, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah it's. It It is humbling. It's humbling to think. But isn't
0: that good? I mean, because... Okay, so my dad was a preacher. Still right. is. Yeah. And my dad became a preacher during a time when the expectations were such that he he was never able to be vulnerable in front of a crowd. Right. He was never able to stand up in a pulpit, open his Bible, read a Bible verse, and tell people, I have a hard time with this one. Right. He had to model it, or at least you know, put on the front. Sure, that, sure, that, we that, do that. That we were doing it. That that was the 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 school of thought that that ministers and preachers were in when my father came into the profession. Right? right. Now we're in a in a time period where if somebody pretends like they've got it all together, we view them like they lose credibility. Sure. And so, as public speakers, as people who who go out and talk about parenting in front of parents, right we are able to tell people like you just did i struggle with this one
1: well it gives us credibility
0: it it, it right. and it also it's it's kind of therapeutic you know i don't have to walk around with my gut sucked in all the time sure. you know i can exhale here and be a little bit transparent right. and and people receive that well they do
1: they do. I think they do because it gives them permission to do the same.
0: Yeah. It, it, we, you and I talk a lot about lowering the platform. Yeah. So when we come into a crowd, we're never trying to talk as the one up top, you know, come to the mountaintops and right. sit at our feet and, and as glean pearls of wisdom that <laughs> right. drip from our mouth. We We're just guys who are on the journey and think about this, have the luxury of thinking about it a lot. Yes. And are willing to invite people to take the journey with us.
1: And I literally, I think you do this as well, I literally don't like standing up on a podium.
0: No. I like coming down. And being, being among, among the them people. and walking yeah.
1: around them, right? I mean, I
0: understand logistically sometimes everybody can't see sure, or whatever. Sure, sure. You know, but I, get I up like
1: on standing on their level. Yeah. Literally. Because that's what I want to project. We do have the luxury of sitting here and talking about this yeah. and this being part of our jobs, which is great. So I do hold us to a higher standard because yeah. we have that luxury. I hold myself to a ridiculously high standard, and and I have to fight against beating myself up too much. Like right now, I'm <laughs> feeling really depressed. But that's why I go to a therapist and, and work this stuff out. It's why I talk to you about it. It's why I'm open about it. It is, again, comes down to that self-restraint. Yeah, Because I, I, I could take it even worse. I could feel so bad about myself, right, that I go the opposite direction. And, and I don't strive to give them any leadership because I think, well, who am I? Who am I to anyway? tell anybody anything who if they knew
0: me. what kind of a failure I really was? And then and...
1: suddenly I'm Eeyore rocking around the <laughs> house, you know, and that's no good for anybody no. either. All right, so. so we've established that parenting's ridiculously hard. Parenting is Yay. very hard. Now,
0: what uh, I read an article yesterday in the AJC about. Um, they asked this question: uh, If the person you're dating is a bad cook, hmm. is that a deal breaker? Interesting. And th- and it got me thinking, uh, a, a topic that we've discussed offline. You know, um, if your friends are bad parents, yeah, is that a deal breaker?
1: That's hard, man. It's so hard.
0: Right? So hard. <laughs> to watch them. Yeah. Because those are the people that you want to say, you you need to calm down. Exactly. I Watching you do this is killing me.
1: It, it is really, really hard. I, here, I have this phenomenon, and I bet you do as well, is people trying to show off their parenting around me.
0: Oh, my word.
1: Right. Yeah. Because I'm the scream-free parenting sure. guy, and the last thing they want, and they don't get it, they they end up screaming at their kids because they think they need to show me how well behaved their kids mm-hmm.
0: are. Or here's here's a situation that happened to me. This is a, a few years ago. I was in Tulsa and doing a a, a parenting thing, uh-huh. and um, at this church, and they they broke for lunch. So we're standing in line and they have like a catered lunch or something like that. And they had kids in the other room. So kids were, you know, doing child care. And then they, they dismissed the kids for lunch so they could come have lunch with all the parents. So we're in line and uh, there's a group of adults standing around in a circle talking. And this, uh, I'm going to say like an a eight-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, insinuates herself into the middle of this conversation, Correct. this grown-up conversation. One of the grown-ups makes a kind of a sarcastic, funny remark about the child. In a playful sort of way. Right. Everybody laughs. Right. She gets embarrassed. She kicks the guy
1: oh.
0: in the leg as hard as she can and says, I hate
1: you. I hate
0: you. Guy. I hate you. And then runs away. And then everyone looks at me. Wow. Well, what are you going to well, do? Yeah, what do what you do with you that? To do with what that do, you do you do with that, Captain Scream Free? and that that's the kind of stuff that you're talking about right you know people look at you like what are you right either they want to show off what good parents they are sure or when something like that erupts everybody in the room looks at you Mm -hmm.
1: which i will tell you i will take that over the other over the other the other well watching someone try to control their kids because oh, pull they, the
0: string on their kids, yes. hey, do the thing, do the thing, or hey,
1: just you're gonna do this, no, you're really well behaved, really show mr <laughs> Runkle. you're really ah oh, that that's... caitlin
0: first time obedience, sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. I would rather have them turn to me, because I, th- I actually probably feel more competent in the situation. Than, but,
0: <laughs> than in the other one, where you're mean, just awkwardly the... waiting for the kid to melt yeah. down. Yeah.
1: Oh, gosh. You know, it's 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 an interesting dynamic. And But one of the freedoms, I think, we experience at Scream Free is this idea that your parenting is not shown off in the behavior of your kids. Mm. And so I have not felt... That bad about making my kids the like preacher's kids where they're yeah. in the fishbowl, they have to behave well. Ooh. No, because my whole message is it's not about them. Yeah. It's about how I behave.
0: Don't look at my kids' behavior. Look at mine.
1: My kids are going to behave like kids.
0: <laughs> they are, after all, kids.
1: kids. They're going to behave. A 16-year-old's going to behave like a 2-year-old. That's where well, they that's are. That's just about how them. it goes, right? It's going to happen. Now, at the same time, do I love it when my kids get compliments? Of course, of course you do. Of course I do. Because here's the deal. It's a weird dynamic. Do I believe that my kids are turning out the way they are partly because of the way that my wife and I have parented them. Well, of course
0: Uh, you do. That's the whole theory behind systems, that your system is perfectly designed to produce the result you're getting.
1: And the results we're getting are better than I deserve. They're uh, amazing. Get compliments about my kids. Now, on
0: the other hand— it's not like you can turn this into a math equation. Exactly. If you do this, your kids will always do that. So you can parent them in such a way, in such a perfect sort of way, that your kids have to turn out great.
1: Unfortunately, that's, that's the, not the promise case. of a lot of parenting yeah, programs yeah, out there. Yeah. I can fix your kid in one minute or whatever. I, always
0: I do it. this, and your kids will always do that. And that's
1: that's denying the fact that they have a mind of their own.
0: And that leads to either guilt, false guilt, or false pride.
1: Absolutely. Like because,
0: bro. well, of course my kids turned out that way, because I prayed. Right. Clearly, you did not pray. Yeah. Or, I don't know what I did wrong. I have so many parents come up to me. I don't know what I did wrong. Oh, I must have failed them in some way. Hey, maybe you did all the right things, and your kids still made lousy choices. Absolutely. That happens.
1: Of course, then I'm going to follow up with, yeah, you probably did fail. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the real trick is... <laughs> this is
0: the terrible <laughs> therapist <Yeah>. here? <laughs> but I, I lead
1: them to actually confront themselves with that truth. <laughs> That's the magic. Confronting themselves with the truth. That's the magic. You did. That's the magic. Yes. Yeah, you did. But <laughs> tell me teaching... more uh, about that yes. failure. Teaching them, I, I, here's what I have to realize is I have to recognize that my failure is only in my responsibilities to them.
0: Your failure is only in your responsibilities. So I have to, to measure them.
1: my failure is how well did I do in my responsibilities to them. I cannot judge based on the results I'm getting from them. Right, I have to judge myself, and it's the same thing with teaching. We have a very difficult. Work, yeah, this job. is a big problem with yes.
0: schools right now. Is that we, we say if the student failed, then the teacher failed. Right, which is not always the case. No, it's but the not. real problem is that sometimes that is the case. Exactly, <laughs> but
1: not because we didn't teach him to the test good enough. Yeah, yeah, well that's, enough. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you right. clearly weren't I've taught m- to the English test good didn't, enough.
1: Didn't? Yeah, exactly. I would have failed the uh, English Iowa test. So the troubling thing is that we don't have a clear rubric for evaluating whether or not you're a good parent or whether or not you're a good teacher.
0: Yeah, we are, We have a false definition of success. Successful yes. parenting means your kids always turn out like
1: that. Which is ridiculous. We, yeah, Ridiculous. So I think Scream Free can help in this and just saying, okay, well, what are my responsibilities to my kids and how well have I done on that? Mm-hmm. No, then what and they and that's do with a, that.
0: Yeah, that, that's a big phrase that you use a lot, that you're not responsible for, for your kids. You're responsible to yes. your kids. So what are the responsibilities we have to our kids as they go back to school?
1: And it, and it connects with their, what we've been talking about so far.
0: No, our, I'm asking you, what are our responsibilities to... to okay, all right, yeah. okay, all right. Good <laughs> <Responsibilities>. <laughs> I've had a lot of caffeine today. Yes, so.
1: responsibilities to our kids. Well, obviously, there's basics. They're dressed you know, they have the clothes, that they have the materials, they have the timing down. Because they
0: can't, most of them can't drive themselves to the store. They don't have the wherewithal to buy purchase their own clothes.
1: That we've gone through the school and they've they've got some school list. Yes, and, yeah. they, they have a reasonable idea where their classes are because we did the orientation. Mm-hmm. Right, here's a big thing for me. We didn't take a vacation the weekend before school starts, and, and that's everybody. And they come home right the Exhausted. day before. Oh my gosh! And then you're expecting now? Hey, get up eight a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I we wonder not why they're dragging. Understand that. So, I yeah. uh, one of the responsibilities too of uh, my kids is that we start the routine of the hours mm-hmm. earlier, a little earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So,
0: so they ramp up to it. So we're
1: already doing that. We're, we you know, getting them up at eight, or they're getting themselves up at eight, and, uh, and. Uh, they're, we're going to bed at a r- more reasonable hour. Than, Dinner a little bit earlier yes, than in, uh, during the summertime, sort of that kind of stuff. into that routine. I think that's a responsibility to our kids. Our responsibility to our kids is always around the idea of what structure are we setting up, right? The word instruction, it means... Introduce, in, in a structure. It means introducing a structure, right? right? And so that's our job, is to introduce that structure. Now, how they behave within that structure is still up to them. Of course. And that's... Their responsibility for themselves within the structure, but it's our job to set up the structure, and so that is I mean that's that is in terms of timing, that is in terms of materials, that in terms of clothing, that in terms of of preparation,
0: and ultimately, our responsibility to them is to create as much as it is within our control, yes, a calm environment, a culture of calm, yeah,
1: right, and it starts with us that so we're calm we're calm about whether or not um that they're going to middle school and it's a big transition mm. we're not freaking out about it and if we are freaking about it if out about it we're talking with older parents who've gone through the thing Long before, and said, yeah. hey, hey, give me the lowdown. Help me.
0: And we're owning that. We're not projecting that onto our kids. Well, yeah. I'm asking because he, or because she, yeah. or what? I'm, I'm asking, asking because, because me. I'm a because mess. I'm, yeah. This, is, this is freaking me out.
1: Yes. Yeah, I didn't know I would be this way.
0: <laughs> I never thought I would be that parent.
1: Right. And now here I am, and I'm freaking out. Help me through this. You know? and that's a responsibility to them it's a response again to so that i can parent from a surplus rather than a deficit if i i'm experiencing a deficit we all have that so what am i doing to fill that up am i needing them to fill that up and because them they can not they, they, they can't do that they can't and the the problem is when they actually do occasionally <laughs> and your kid does become the star athlete And your yeah. kid does become the star academic and they are the wonderful mannered kid and you take too much credit for it mm. i take too much glory from that right so I love talking with older parents.
0: Who've been there and done that.
1: I mean, regardless of the fact that they look to me, uh, and you're sure. the expert. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm an expert on your kids.
0: <laughs> I'm the expert in theory. You're yeah. the expert in practice. You've
1: done it. Help me. And so my wife has a, an older teacher that she's very, very friends, good friends with, and both her kids are grown kids. And and she just, she'll go and say, okay, I got this. And this teacher will say, it's a blip. Nice. It's a blip on a long, long readout, it's one little tiny blip.
0: You See, know? that kind of perspective, helps. I think that helps so much. Oh, my
1: gosh. I, I, a dad telling me, he's had his three adult daughters now, two of whom are doctors. The other one is has a mom of three kids and is doing great. And and I'm talking to him about some struggles with teenage daughter, and he gives me this amazing wisdom and said, you realize you, you're not experiencing the real her, right?
0: You're getting a version of her that she's presenting to you.
1: Yeah, because he's like, so she's wonderful to everybody else,
0: (laughs) It's
1: like, yeah. You get compliments from teachers and everybody, and she comes home and she is just vicious, right? And he said, well, you realize they are getting the real her. That's the her she's becoming. But what you're getting is this experimental self that needs to differentiate and and separate from you. And just hearing that, it's like... Well, I knew that in theory, but wow.
0: But get, seeing it in practice is totally different. All right, now that's a topic for another conversation. I, yeah. We're, we're going to have to talk about that next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner. And I'm Hal Runkle. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.